0: hi and welcome to the oscar central podcast i'm your host lex and lex that's not my name it's already too late i'm your host lex and i'm here with my favorite ladies i try to come up with a new term every episode and i don't have a clever one for this episode sorry sunday was our last week was my favorite i said squirrely girlies Um, that was good Thank you. that was good. Um, uh, I'm gonna favorite. start sending you ideas, <laughs> okay. um, my favorite ladies, which is boring. I'm sorry that I don't have a more exciting title for you all. um Jillian, Kenzie and Nicole. um Kenzie, how are you doing today? I'm good.
1: I um we are not sponsored by Pop, so I can say this. I'm having the second worst flavor that I've tried um with tequila and it's it's a no for me, not. I sweet. Wasn't- not to be like Simon Cowell, but like it just is giving nothing, like no energy, like just give up get off the stage. Like, I don't know. The Waterloo and tequila is much better.
0: What if I told you all that it's been a week since I've had an Olipop?
1: I would be kind of shocked, but I was thinking while I was making this beverage of um just pouring tequila over ice with an Olipop, acting like I'm a bartender. Um We haven't talked
0: about Ollipop in so long, because I was wondering if you have taken a hiatus. We are not sponsored by Olipop. We're not sponsored by anybody. It's by your name is what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I checked my bank statements, and I did the math on how much I was spending (laughs) on Olipop and I was like, (laughs) so I'm presently drinking tart cherry juice um, out of a Joe mug. Um, Last Monday was Joe Carey's birthday. Happy belated, Joe Carey. (laughs) Loved you and spree um i'll pass it off speaking of joe to a a woman currently wearing a steve harrington t-shirt how are you doing nicole
2: that was a really nice segue i really admired that um i'm i'm good other than the fact that i'm in the final finals of grad school which means that i'm dying
0: my sister just completed her grad school um program so avery if you're listening you're not but if you are congratulations (laughs) um julian how are you doing
3: i am doing so well it's all as sheena shea from random pump rules would say it's all happening the things are coming together stars are aligning
0: can i say your black t-shirt with your bangs you're looking very chic she is <laughs> no yeah. one ever compliments your bangs but i'm going to today
3: it's just a tragedy
0: I, um it is. If, if you're listening, please compliment Jillian <laughs> um So I'm really excited to get into the topic of today's episode because um, we, in celebration of the release of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, we thought that we would visit some of our favorite coming-of-age films, a genre that I've learned is quite divisive amongst this group some of us really love coming-of-age films some of us are not fans of (laughs) of coming-of-age films some of us apparently don't know what a coming-of-age film is um I ran my original list by my roommate and she just kind of stared at me blankly so um (laughs) this is like
1: the funniest um moment in our group chat because I was like this is my least favorite genre I don't know what to do I was like no one's gonna have my list and then Nicole's like it's my favorite it's my second favorite genre and then Julian's like I hate this genre and then Lex instead of responding ran her list by her roommate and her roommate was like those are not coming of age
0: movies I was like Geppetto, spree and new moon I'm kidding I'm kidding that's not what I said I um listen
2: New moon is a coming of age. Movie. I, I, I would buy Spree as a coming-of-age. Coming
0: and you know what Geppetto is because it, Pinocchio <laughs> literally turns into a real boy. So um It's a coming-to-life film. Yeah, then he starts <laughs> aging. So there you go. Um we, we are going to um follow the format that we have been before because I think that this works really well for us and um opens the door for fun conversations. Um we are going to each say our top three. Coming of age films, not all at once. We're gonna go in a circle, and you know what? Each round, I'm gonna shuffle. I'm gonna shuffle it around. I'm gonna shuffle it oh. around. I'm gonna keep it interesting. That Ooh. said, I'm still going to go first, <laughs> <laughs> um, because I am, uh, I'm the king. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I will go first in saying because this is the this one I thought coming of age. This was my number one pick and it is the one when I started my list for my roommate when I said this she went oh okay so this was (laughs) the only one that got the um, Molly stamp of approval um, and that is The Perks of Being a Wallflower.
2: God damn it. Um,
0: I love that movie. I remember I forced my family to take me to see that in the theaters. One of the first records I ever owned was the perks of being a wallflower soundtrack um uh, my sister got me that for my birthday the year that i got a turntable um and i still have it to this day i have read the book multiple times i'm not a um read a book more than once girly usually um usually if a book was able to keep me uh, my attention for that long it's already um it's already a win so if it's twice, then fantastic. Um, I just think it's such a good coming-of-age film. And I really kind of resonated with it, as I feel a lot of people do, of um, kind of feeling like a bit of an outsider. I moved schools a lot um, in middle school, high school, it's mostly because I moved. But also admittedly, I changed schools a few times because I was bullied, as we established on the last podcast, from my um, failed ventures of being a spy because um, oh. I kept on my spy gear in a clear backpack. Um, but, you know, it's. I think it's one of the... I think what I like about it is that it came out in 2012, but it could have also come out in the 80s. It could have come out in the 90s. It could have come out in the 2000s. It could have come out, like, you know, within the last three years. It's very much, like, it transcends decade. I feel like a lot of... Um, coming-of-age films kind of stay very emblematic of the time that they were released or the time that they came out and this one remains timeless um it holds up um well it holds up in message not necessarily in casting because you always remember that Ezra Miller's in it um
2: but playing one of the best characters of all time
0: too it makes me that's the thing is I love Ezra Miller's character in that um, I also think
1: like at the time it was such great casting
0: like yeah they're really good in it and
1: they fit they like are. that book um when I was I don't know what it was called for y'all but so our state testing was called toss originally oh. it was called tax um <laughs> but that was like a book that in middle school we would like pass around notes in because we had read it so many times we were like just oh writing notes in it and pretending we were sharing the book um, but that book just meant so much to me, and the fact that like he wrote the screenplay just like really meant the mm. world to me. And like I don't know, but I really love every single person's casting in that movie, including someone else who has aged poorly in casting Nicholas Braun. Yeah,
2: that
3: he's in it.
2: Everybody that forgets so... that Derek. He's Derek.
3: Yeah, that stupid pony. I thought you were gonna say it's Sky High.
2: That film is so well cast, though, and, like, God bless. I was just looking at my, like, long list, and I was like, oh, I do love a coming-of-age from with Emma Watson. I have three on my list. Um, But so I think that... I'm not, like, a fan of her, but I love her in that movie. She's so good in it, and I think that one thing that's so good about Perks Being a Wallflower is that it is willing to tackle, like, serious topics without ever feeling like it's trying too hard to be, like, edgy or something or, like, dark. It does it in a very realistic way, I think. Um, And it also is one of those, like, one of the criteria that I look for in a coming-of-age film is that it's not talking down to... The age group of the people that it's portraying, because I think you see that sometimes where it kind of is acting like, oh, like part of your coming of age journey is realizing that the things that you care about aren't actually that serious. And it's like, okay, well, sometimes they are. And I think that this is a really great example of a film not doing that. And also Logan Lerman is literally one of the most perfect castings of all time as Charlie. Like it it's I would I think it's honestly in like one of my favorite movies of all time
1: his casting it's, is so perfect it's exactly the way I because this is a book that I think many of us just like read, 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 read yep. and read <laughs> and read and read and read yeah even if like I think because this book came out and like obviously everyone thinks that when they were emo it was peak emo but like I need everyone to remember this was like when like Taking Back Sunday was like new and popular and like the used was new and popular and like the Good Charlotte album was kind of, like, on its, like, becoming very, very, very popular, like, outside of little emo groups, and um Hold On was, like, a big deal, and, like, I feel like Suicide was, like, really, like, discussed, yeah. and I think this book was, like, one of the few examples of, like, it, like, Stephen Chbosky, like, really understood it. It wasn't, like, idolization, it wasn't, like, anything negative, like, I think he wasn't judgmental towards any young kids. Like I feel like he really tapped into like how kids felt and like like the way he writes like Charlie with his parents is so incredible. Oh and Dylan McDermott as the dad, just like, thank you for using Dylan McDermott properly. We really appreciate yeah. it. Like please. Oh, Rudd is the black English teacher. Perfect casting. So important. Perfect
0: casting. It's so it's important though, because like
1: Paul Red meant so much to so many people and Clueless. And then, like, he mm-hmm. was the perfect age. And I know people yep. like yelling he doesn't age, but like, perfect age to be like the cool teacher that like saw something in like the kid who felt exiled from his school. I don't know. It's just so good. And the infinite scene is so good. And just like, okay. what a movie! What a
2: movie. I also truly genuinely feel bad for anyone who did not have the experience of being on Tumblr when this movie came out. That is very because true. that was like peak Tumblr That's era. Another
1: thing is that this movie, <laughs> like the book came out at the exact right time. And then I feel like the movie materialized at the exact right time because it was like
0: peak Tumblr era. Like, yep. like everything about this. Was My so... Tumblr handle for a minute was um, We Are Infinite. That's, that's so beautiful <laughs> it's like, on
1: yeah. don't you hate when you let go of something like I had really good like does anybody remember Zanga? it was yeah. like, like post live journal but like I had really good Zanga names and I'm like <laughs> I also had a really good tumblr from like 2007 to like 2012 I miss her yeah I don't Same. know the password she has a ton of followers
0: and now I have the most <laughs> iconic AO3 handle um yes you do. <laughs> one I, you do i'm gonna actually make that ao3 account so no one else can have it um because i know everyone's fighting for it anyway that's my number one um i will turn it next to kenzie what is your number one
1: okay i know i'm stealing this from if you are
3: number one first
1: <laughs> is it number one can i you can whatever I order you you like okay I don't really I don't really have them ranked um but I know I'm stealing it from Nicole just kidding just kidding um (laughs) raw
0: I'm so sorry for a second if Nicole was about to be like what I was going to actually be very confused for a minute
1: (laughs) (laughs) um listen I think this is one of the best coming of age movies I've ever seen I love a good horror coming-of-age film. I think my entire list kind of falls into that. Um, but my favorite thing about Raw is that it's not using her being, like, like embarrassed with her sexuality. Like, she is very confident in what she is doing um, sexually. And I think that's, like, really important because I feel like a lot of coming-of-age films make everything so like heightened with the awkwardness that that isn't the experience for some people and I think that raw. while yes the cannibalism is not something that is happening to people but like I think that like the experience of what she is going through of like her sexual like relationships with people is not what is like confusing to her I think that is so deeply interesting and it's not something that's like really seen a lot in at least coming of age movies that I see. Um but and I think like another thing that like I just love about this movie is like it's not like scared of anything it's showing. Sorry, my dog. Um it's just like the takes are so long. The camera never pans away. Like she holds eye contact a lot. Um but I just love that she is just like she's not shown as like a monster. She's just shown as like a girl giving into her desires and just truly coming into herself. And I think that is what is so important with, her, especially coming of age films about women. And um, I love that this movie, she's a little older than the typical coming of age films, but I just think this is one of my favorite movies about like female sexuality. And, I love it so much and I know that um Nicole will never watch it and I'm very sorry. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's so good. I think about it all the time and I just like I don't know, but it's weird because it's like a movie that people left the theater for multiple places and screened and but I think it's like one of the most like effective coming of age films and it's like one I think about its message all the time and not visually but I mean it didn't really bother me that much but I love it so much and I think that like Julia is such a unique writer and director I think she's really able to like tap into something with just like how deeply women feel and I think that is what really accentuates this as a perfect coming-of-age film I'm sorry Jillian I'm very sorry
0: Kenzie, you said that you didn't think that we had seen your list, and so far you are proving that to be true. Before uh, <laughs> you, can't... I did watch Sugar and Spice today. I meant to tell you. Oh my God, did you love it? I actually thought it was very funny. It's so funny. Like a
1: bunch of people were replying, being like, I love this movie. And I was like, see, <laughs> there was an audience. <laughs> the 16 million was not just me. <laughs>
0: um I have no thoughts to add to Rob because I've never seen it does anyone have you watch it sure
2: you okay wait question for you how how horror-y is it like it's not like (laughs) jump scares it's just like
1: she's actively eating people it's not not like bones and all it's very intense okay
0: okay Okay,
2: so is it like how do I put this which also Bones and All, another great technically coming of age story. Um, I it the I feel like Raw is
1: kind of like the last the liver scene, yes of Bones and All the whole time. Yes,
2: okay, that's what I was gonna ask. I was like, is it like that one scene, but all the way through
1: to yeah. be there?
2: <laughs> but maybe I shouldn't kind, admit this. But that didn't bother me it. that much, so maybe I could watch it. The thing is, though, <laughs> it's.
1: Luca has shoots things in such a different way. Like, Julia is very visceral. With, I mean, mm. like, Luca is too. It, I thought that Bones and all was going to be more like Suspiria, yeah. And I feel like mm. he, he toned it down to be more tapped into like human emotion. Whereas, I feel like Ra is, I don't know, it's not that it's visceral, it's just like she literally like. Bones and would, like, look away. This movie does not look away. Okay, yeah. At yeah, all. Yeah. <laughs> there is no breathing room. Like, I saw it at Arclight, and, like, a lot of people left. Oh, interesting. And they knew what they were in for because, like, it had yeah. already screened. But I think it's on Netflix or something.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. You could watch it from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> Pop out. <laughs> it's really good though it's so good and like I don't know Julia's like one of my favorite directors that's like a writer director just because Mm -hmm. I think like she has like such a unique vision that she's the only one who could write it and she's also the only one who could direct it yeah and I don't know and she just like finds the coolest actors like let me tell you all her leading actors always just like they're the best
3: yeah
0: well, thank you for that commentary. Again, I can add no <laughs> more because I have. It. It's um, weird that I have a lot more about um, cannibalism. Okay, well, can't wait to learn more. Um, join us next week where our episode is um, favorite movies about cannibalism. <laughs> it would be the same episode for me. There we go. Um, so we've all talked about how everyone's going to get their episode, and that's Kenzie's. is just... Um, just mine would actually be, like, body horror. So I'm not coming on Jillian's... Yeah. I'm not coming on any of y'all's episodes. What's my yeah. episode? <laughs> um, yours is the, Jillian's, yours is foreign films. Nicole's is period dramas. Kenzie's is body horror, and mine is just silly, quirky, fun times. Um <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the most people have ever messaged me like direct
1: lines from our podcast was yesterday's because Lex was just like in
0: her zone. <laughs> I'm I'll be the first a to star. Admit, a star. I made, I made the it. Star was awesome.
3: born. A At star was born. that
0: episode, I was like, "This is going to be a good episode for me because all of my you know, favorite
3: movies are bad." Just wait. You just wait for the fan fiction episode because I will be. <laughs> dropping, I will be. I will be dropping will be so many gems. Y'all,
2: we should genuinely do a episode where we review movies that are based on fan fictions.
0: Are there more than just... Just Fifty Shades? Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's that
2: Harry Styles fanfic one. That's right there. The way way that Nicole and Jillian were like, yeah. (laughs) It's a whole genre. The Kissing Booth, yeah.
3: There's a lot of, like... Wattpad? I can't. I can't go into detail because I would break. Should they,
1: Wattpad <laughs> should be a studio? You should take that. They are a studio. Oh, oh my
0: god! And, uh, when someone reaches out to Eddie Munson, lives five ever on A O three, and I go on this podcast, I'm like, unfortunately, I will not be joining you next week because they
3: really they, they may or may not be a client at a place they may or may not work at.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Well, so wow. Jillian is gonna help me get my eddie munson <laughs> prizes from the dead movie made oh, wait yeah, but wait how did you do that netflix
1: would never let you Dude, um, that's why you renamed them
0: they yeah right it, it's not eddie well it'd be spelled like E D D Y M U U N S U N.
3: instead of dungeons and dragons he does larfing. larping <laughs>
0: Yeah, I would pay for this. Instead of Dungeons & Dragons, wow. he's just really into Pokemon. And he's not in
3: the upside down, he's in the sideways. He's in the
0: right side up. <laughs> the- it's not the Demogorgon. Instead of Stranger
3: Things, it's good times.
0: Instead of Stranger good objects. it's normal occurrences. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have anyway. something. I really think you guys need to get on this. Um, edit this out. Stand- stand- yeah. for, um, think- let
3: me make some calls.
0: for um, my film coming to a theater near you called normal occurrences wait if you could make this film but it was a red box original would you still do it yeah yeah now could i get Joseph quinn to play eddie yeah wait
1: here be all so you can go sony jillian's favorite place is offering you to make this movie But you don't get final cut, but you can have Joseph Quinn in it. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And it does not go to theaters, it goes to whatever coordinating stream. It goes to Crackle. Crackle.
3: (laughs) Y'all, if Joseph is in so I get to
0: to Joseph Quinn.
1: Yes. Okay. Or you can have it on Netflix. You can use everything, the correct spelling, Stranger Things, Upside Down, but no Joseph Quinn.
0: This is a good question. Well, who's gonna play Eddie (laughs) instead?
1: You you get approval on everything. It's just like it's not Joseph Quinn. Oh, Joseph Quinn said no. Yeah, he said no.
0: (laughs) Well, okay, if Joseph Quinn said no to my screenplay, then he's dead to me.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's say (laughs) he he approved it, but he's booked and busy and not like it's a scheduling
0: conflict. Yeah, he's got to go be in Dior campaigns. Yeah. Um. This is a really good question. I don't think he's booked and busy. I think I would have to he's still go a, a, I've got a meeting. Quiet. Meet him. quiet it's wrapped. It's done. He's
3: it's, not booked and busy. He's, he's not. No well, one's putting us on for now.
0: It. It's just very interesting that here it is, the end of April, and he just wrapped on A Quiet Place. And uh, Stranger Things is alleged to be filming soon. I just find that interesting.
1: <laughs> I like that she's writing fanfic while we're on a podcast.
0: <laughs> anyway. Pov YN. Um, Anyway, <laughs> this was the longest freaking segue for someone who is worried about her bedtime. Um, let's let's turn it over to Nicole. What is your first? Did tip? you skip Jillian? No, Nicole's not. I haven't done not my first one. Yet. You and I are the only two who have gone. That is the. Oh, I one. don't know why I thought Nicole said
1: um,
3: perks of being a perks. wolf No, yeah. that was me. because it
0: was on my list.
3: <laughs> Um, we'll just see share it. I'm
2: already wearing a Normal Occurrences
3: shirt, so um. I think we need to get on that of getting that copyright. So yeah. to look it up. If we only gotta find a noise,
2: similar font.
3: We're gonna be uh, off central, We're gonna be Normal Occurrences. <laughs> I think that's how we get sponsorships. I'll, I'll call us. <laughs> Okay,
1: but only so, if they let me change this flavor.
2: Hmm. I also did not like that.
1: The you know aftertaste. what? We
0: should do. You know, I know someone on this podcast who's really good at Photoshop. <laughs> we should take that picture of Joseph Quinn in the Dior campaign where he's holding the bottle of the Dior, but instead oh of the Dior, he's holding the grape Olipop. If someone was were to take that for me, I would be really excited. Yep. Anyways, Nicole, what is your first pick?
2: Okay, thank you. Um, well, since you took my first pick, um, instead I will go to another one of my picks, which is a coming of age film that I've seen talked about a lot. of sort of a like atypical coming of age film in that it is about a slightly older person who is very much still coming of age, um, and it is Francis Ha. I love Francis Ha. It is such an important film to me. It's also, you know, whenever you discover a film at exactly the right point in your life where, like, you need it, that was me with Francis Ha. Um, I think that it is some of Noah Baumbach's best work and also, like, some of Greta's best work. Definitely my favorite like favorite of her work as an actress um but also as a writer I really think it's a strong film I think the way that it sort of explores the issues that you have when you're into your like mid to late 20s is really interesting and I I do think that like I wish that I saw more movies that sort of dealt with the fact that you can be in your 20s and still sort of be in that you know lost trying to find yourself headspace that we sort of associate with like teenagers and coming of age films. Um, but this movie is really important to me, not just because it has Adam Driver at his like absolute dweebiest and I love him. Um, but it's just it's a film that I feel like, you know, any of those films that just like get you. This is mine, which is probably the kind of thing that my therapist would be concerned by me saying. Um, but I could watch this film all the time. And it's the kind of film that like Makes me feel less alone in the things that I deal with
0: in my head.
1: Um, yeah. Um, I love this movie because I don't. I can't remember how old I was when it came out. But um, severely in that feel. Um, but yeah. you know, I hate saying this, but girls, like the opening up, like the pilot, where yeah. she goes to dinner with her parents and they're like, we're cutting you off. And she's like, well, how am I supposed to live? Like, I was really so pleased to have something else of that kind of nature where it's like it's like I was telling my husband like you get all this money when you graduate high school and it's like for what like yes college yeah. is expensive, but like do you know when I need it right now yep. in my 30s like I don't yep. like I feel like I'm failing upwards and I'm like cool well, where's the the next thing I feel like Prince Hob perfectly captures like the way that it's so like It is a little self-indulgent to feel like that because like it's truly like the last hurrah of your life where you have no like severe responsibilities like your own family or like whatever but like it is still so like you feel like you're falling like at all times and I feel like it's just so perfectly written and I love the way it's shot and that performances are so great and I think the trick is Adam Driver and coming of age things because he is in girls, he is in this.
2: Yeah. And I also think there's something to the way that it sort of explores whenever the people close to you are sort of like moving on to the next stage and you haven't yet, and like the way that that all plays out and how that feels. And it's, it's a in some ways I feel like watching it as a woman in your 20s is like really difficult. Like I discovered it for the first time, like not long after the pandemic started. Um, and watching that while quarantined by myself was maybe not my best decision. <laughs> um, but it it hits hard. And it's again, like I just think that I love a coming-of-age movie that sort of is a little bit more outside the box and shows that that struggle does not end at like 18 or at 20 like I feel like a lot of these movies would have you believe
1: yeah I agree I love coming-of-age movies that are about coming of your your adult age not just Mm -hmm. your high school senior year
0: (laughs) fair enough um this is one of my favorite um Greta Gerwig performances is in Francis ha and I also love that it's in completely black and white
2: yeah it's so beautifully yeah. shot
0: for a long time my Twitter um Twitter header was her in that movie saying I'm so embarrassed I'm not a real person um that but- feels like something you would say
1: yeah. yeah
0: you probably do say it I do like, <laughs> I have to that I'm not a real person um on like days like today, where I look like a little gremlin, but you can't see me if you're listening and you can't see. Um, I currently look like a little gremlin. No, she doesn't. Yes, I do. Um. I anyway, um. Okay, so given that I did not skip Jillian, I'm I will now so skip sorry Jillian for a rightful turn. Uh, Jillian, do you want to share your first pick with us?
3: Yeah, I'm going to give a two for one because I feel like these go hand in hand. You do this every time. But I feel like these like perfectly, compliment- that was one time. That was- <laughs> and
0: this is the second
3: time. <laughs> I feel like these perfectly complement each other. And like they're like. They're hoodwinked like
0: hoodwinked in the master of disguise.
3: Yes. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go with Rushmore and Almost Famous because I feel like they're two spectrums of the same like ideology with like specifically weirdly like the adolescent man which is interesting to relate to um which is like I cuz this was kind of a hard topic for me to come up with like to figure out what because I feel like I watch coming of age movies but I'm like do I relate to them am I gaining something from this like no um but I feel like these two are so fascinating in the way that they view adolescence um and spe- specifically surrounded by adults because I feel like growing up as like the youngest child I was surrounded by a lot of adults and so that was like my I don't know, like, that's how I grew up. Um, And, like, I think that has a real impact, I feel like, in something like Rushmore, like, Max is definitely a character that really wants to grow up and, like, wants to be done and, like, with his youth to kind of, you know, seduce the older woman and just have so many experiences and, like, not really take the time to focus on, like, what he's doing. Um, Whereas, like, Almost Famous, again, he's around adults, but it's, like, more of an idea of, like, temptation, um and i just like the message that they both serve about and also like i feel like mentioned previously with like coming of age that pov from like the youth um where it's like their ideas are not stupid and like they can like live out their dreams and kind of take the luxury to kind of explore all they wanted i think in both of them like obviously almost famous he like goes on tour with the band um and kind of like sees a reality of f- first through rose-colored glasses and then like seeing like oh these people are like really broken inside I don't know if I want that and I think the same thing for Max and Rushmore it's like he needs to take the time to um I don't know just like ex- experience your youth and I think like we're always so focused and I I definitely was too of like growing up and like wanting you know to have a job and like have a car and like live in a big city and like I'm doing that now and I'm like sometimes I miss my childhood or like I think also working in the entertainment industry I really relate to the story of Almost Famous because it's like once you first kind of get into it it's like oh this like beautiful magical thing and then you get into like the depths of it and it's like oh there's like so much about this that I don't want that to be my future um, or things that just I don't know I think it's like when the mask is taken off or like the Wizard of Oz thing where it's like they find out who the wizard is is that a coming of age film maybe Ooh. um but and I don't a good argument for that <laughs> I feel like both of those they just work so when they yeah argue, they came out during the same time and I feel like it so shows like male adolescents in an interesting way um where they're not like trying to be so much I feel like because then you get something like super bad and it's like not like machismo but I feel like it moves like being a young man into like having sex and like drinking and it's like I think that's part of the spectrum but like this one really about like chasing your dreams um and like figuring out like what is adulthood and I think both of them like beautifully take the time um with each of their characters and like allows them to be vulnerable and just have a lot of different emotions and personalities and I think they would be a great double feature and how they both explore that.
0: You not only (laughs) did the two for one, but you took one of mine with you. Okay, I would like to clarify, if
2: you saw, Jillian, that I laughed whatever you said yours it wasn't at what you your choices it was at the face that lex made and i was like oh you took one of hers you
0: did i love almost famous <laughs>
2: i'm sorry
3: lex
0: because i am
2: almost hard, famous it's karma for her taking one of mine so this was a
3: hard this was a hard genre for me to come up with so and yet
0: like, you did a two for one
3: <laughs> i don't know what my next one is gonna be so i like i don't next know if i'm gonna her. be
0: hoodwinked um yeah
3: that's a coming The next eight.
0: one's gonna be the Fablemans. So. Here's a story,
3: I hope you'll, you'll like. like it's so it's a, I would the- like
0: to clarify that I had not seen Hoodwink in maybe 20 years. And when we sang that song, I kept thinking it was here's a story, I hope you like it. There's you'll no like. it. it's just I hope you'll like because I you'll listened like. to the full song. But given that that's the only part of that song I didn't remember after 20 years, pretty impressive.
3: Um, I will say, going back to the Fablemans, when I was looking up on letter Letterboxd about um list of like what a coming of age uh, moment. I
1: over the Fablemans coming
3: the back. The Fablemans <laughs> kept coming up on everyone's list, and I was like, where was the coming of age? What did Sammy learn? Nothing.
2: He learned um, that his mom was having an affair. He
3: That's learned it. how to make his high school bully look really nice on camera and then have a very queer moment in the hallway. Which- <laughs> we can't none of us seem to remember what he learned how to
2: make the most like homoerotic senior day film i don't
3: know how that is in the discussion as one of the most iconic scenes of all time of film because i can't (laughs) remember what he said do you remember what he said i remember what they said in the social network word for word (laughs) what he said in that hallway is the social
1: network a coming-of-age film because he comes to his senses I would (laughs) accept
2: that honestly as a coming of age film. Well, we know Jillian's next answer. Yep, (laughs) what
0: she's gonna do too?
3: Me looking (laughs) up every David Fincher film and putting in the word "coming of age" to see if anyone has (laughs) argued if it's a coming of age film.
0: Here's my thing: I actually think coming of
2: age is one of those genres that like crosses over with a lot of genres. So
3: you can make an argument to to me for a lot of things being a coming yeah, of age I'll, movie and i'll, I'll, I'll put benjamin it. button as my next one <laughs> when
0: we come back because he's coming back? of dh yeah um
3: he's he's coming of a lot of ages the if, if they age in the movie i think it's considered a coming of age
0: <laughs> um the jillian i said you did a two-for-one last week and you said did i did i <laughs> did i did
3: i <laughs> did i do that
0: um okay so recall. now everybody has gone um and we are not skipping anybody um and everything um i believe yes everyone has gone okay so we are moving into round 2 and like i said we never know the order um that said i'm going to go next <laughs> <laughs> we
2: don't know the order
0: but we know that Lex will always be first Simon the King.
3: Kick us um, off. Lex will present her number two.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jillian. Um, so my number two was almost famous. <laughs> about that? I should have skipped you. Um, But since I... Do you know, actually, um, when I ran my list by my roommate, she said, I'm surprised you didn't say this movie. And then when she said it, I pointed at her and went, you... <laughs> um, and she didn't know if that was a good or a bad thing, but it was a good thing because that she was thinking. So my second favorite coming of age film is Turning Red. I oh, oh
2: literally wondered if you were going to have that on your list. It's a
0: good mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Turning Red. Um, it was my personal pick for best animated film last year. Um, we've established this. There's only one Pinocchio. I stand. Um, it's not even <laughs> Pinocchio Geppetto. Um, I I think turning red does such a good job of like, I don't know, I wish because growing up in the generation, as I'm sure everyone on this podcast can um relate to on some level, of like we definitely weren't in the same vein as like our parents in terms of like how puberty was handled. Um, from, like, a cultural standpoint, whereas I feel like, you know, our parents, you didn't talk about it at all, and, like, we had that freaking American Girl book. Um, The Care and Keeping of You. But that really did, that book just confused me more. I thought that (laughs) literally any PMS symptom was having your period, so when I was nine and I got my first zit, I went, oh, I'm on my period, and that zit won't go away, and so when I read that periods were only supposed to last at most a week, Kenzie, oh. love that i'm talking about my period while you show me that. <laughs> yes. it sounds it
1: sounds way better. so good this one's way better
0: if you're listening kenzie just made the most beautiful <laughs> art that i'm gonna send it olipop directly and be like i have a for <laughs> you um anyways back to periods um but no like it's i i wish turning red was around when i was like you know preteen, like 11 12 years old and like you're working through all those kind of feelings and situations because it, it's not even like beyond like puberty it's the fact that scene where she starts drawing the guy at the gas station and then like she kind of starts to realize that she's driving drawing him a little bit more risque and you can tell she's like why am I doing this like that's such a normal experience that I think we still all kind of like treat with a level of taboo. um, and so it's just I don't know the way that it, without being like inappropriate or crass, like is just such an honest look. I think of puberty particularly through the eyes of a young girl. Um God, I can't believe that Kenzie dropped those photos while I know I'm very I'm sorry. in the middle of of talking about a film. God I speak never mind. <laughs> Never
1: mind. Never mind. I was about to say. Um, I love. I'm literally sweating a little bit. I saw it way too late, but I can't wait to show it to Daisy one day. I like. I just feel like because I got my period very early in life, and I was mortified, Mm. like mortified, and I had no one to talk to about it. It was a terrible experience because I feel like Lex was saying like we were not very open about things like that. Um. And I feel like Turning Red is like the perfect example of like why it's so helpful to show these kind of things in popular media, like seeing feminine products in a, like a Pixar movie, just like that's life-changing for some, like I'm literally 31 and I was like, oh my God, it just feels really like perfect. And also should have won Best Original Song. I'm so sorry.
0: Nobody Like You what
2: a bomb yeah that's a great choice and also you know Kim's like you were saying you can't wait to show it to Daisy I'm like so grateful that my little cousins will have that as they like approach that age because it is such a real thing of I feel like we didn't really have any sort of movies that were, like, age-appropriate, but fully addressing that for those of us especially who started puberty at a younger age. And I also think it's great for, like, young boys to be seeing that normalized so that maybe we can get rid of this, like, taboo around something that literally happens to, like, half the population a week every month.
0: Yeah, a week, not a month, American Girl. Um, I don't know if you... (laughs) Um, are still writing the care and keeping of you but if you are i would edit the pms chapter to make it known that there's some crucial stuff for for pms it's not just getting (laughs) my mother was mortified because it came with this little like calendar that you could mark your period because my mom bought me the deluxe version and my mom looked at it and was like lex why did you mark every single month i'm like or day this month, I was like, "Cause this zit won't go away," and she's like, "No, honey, that's no, no, no." Um, yeah. Anyway, my ventures in learning about puberty and anatomy um, warrants its own podcast episode. Anyway, really glad we had this talk. Um, really glad that Kenzie sent me um photos of Joseph Quinn holding a lollipop. I'm so sorry about such things. Um, no, don't please don't apologize. The second one is so much better. The second His one. is... His hand in the first one I, there's something well, about it yeah i don't know the second one is gonna be my new lock screen god um the second one should actually be the cover
1: photo for this episode. i personally <laughs> think his hand is photoshopped into the first one i don't think it's his you, hand you think so yeah
0: Actually, sele- that i'm looking at it i think i agree
1: when i select it like the thumb is not a real thumb and I, because I'm doing this, I'm getting a lot of close up attention on his fingernails and they're very
0: fucking different. It's very interesting. Now, I know that a good amount of time has passed between these two photos, but oh, you're right, though. Interesting. All right, we are, um, hmm. Never mind. I'm not going to say what was on my mind. Okay. This is taking a weird turn and we're only at the beginning of round two. um please someone tell me that you have a um who's next i said that i was going to decide um who went next after me last time kinsey did so we will now turn it to nicole okay um
2: so i'm gonna keep going with a the theme that i started because why not uh which means that i'm gonna continue on with another greta gerwig film and i feel like no one is surprised that i saw this as yet another opportunity for me to talk about Little Women. Um, But I think that Little Women is a really special coming of age film because it shows four very different experiences of coming of age within a family. Um, You know, Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy have very different sort of challenges that they are facing as they come of age in a very tumultuous time in American history. Um, And I think that the way that Greta Gerwig like honors each of those experiences is really special in the way that um she shows that you know there is not like one right way to become an adult. There's not one um set of ambitions that you have to have uh, or or path that you have to follow I think is really special. Obviously Little Women is like sort of the original coming of age story. It was one of the first like, girls' novels published. Um, So it's very special in that way as well. But I really do think that it's something that a lot of people can relate to, whether you are a a woman or a man or whatever, however old you are, because there's something in it that I think so many people can sort of find. Um, You know, as seeing the fact that, like, I know so many people sort of identify themselves with um, one of the March sisters like more strongly than the others and I think there's so many great things in it like obviously you have Amy's whole big monologue about how she you know wants to be great or nothing and I think that's something that sort of is part of a lot of people's creative journeys or an ambition like journeys Um, and then I also think like the thing that hits me the hardest in the whole film really is that monologue that joe gives in the attic to marmy where you know she talks about sort of this fact that she and i think it really comes down to that she feels so lonely and part of that is because she feels so, so stagnant in her life while everyone else is sort of moving forward and i think that's something that i guess you know it's something we also see in Francis Ha and I think Greta Gerwig really is sort of the master of the coming of age movie if you ask me um so this is my shout out to Lady Bird it's not a full two for one but I will give a shout out to it here because I I do think that Greta Gerwig uh is is the best at this genre of anyone that I've seen
0: um thank you for not giving a full two for one because I'm not gonna allow those anymore yeah (laughs) opens the door to steal mine um yeah I agree I love Little Women and I like multiple like I love this version of Little Women but I also admittedly love the one from the 90s with Winona Ryder too Um, so good and I think like what's good about Little Women is like obviously the Greta Gerwig interpretation is probably my favorite um but you know it's the same story kind of throughout and it's um save for the musical which I'm not a fan of granted I was in it as a literal tree um <laughs> so maybe that had something to do with it um and I was also, it's also about- just not great so those are not great um but um I think you know most adaptations tend to have that consistent kind of theming throughout and that is um i think kind of what and it, it remains timeless even after close to 300 years so um yeah no little woman is fantastic i love it right. awesome um well i'm not gonna make jillian go last again <laughs> but i swear if she comes at me with a two for one and if she were to say my number three, I'm going to actually say, actually, I yield your time to Kinsey. So choose your words carefully, Jillian. I don't
3: think I have any that would relate to, like, line up with your list.
0: You probably thought that about an hour ago and you turned out- you did because I knew
3: someone would have Almost Famous, um, but I didn't know it would be you. Um, <laughs> my number two is, I should do what I did yesterday with the hints. Um, Wait, do it. Okay. okay it's from the 90s let me look up the thing um oh my god it cannot be
1: master of disguise
3: (laughs) (laughs) that was from 2002 okay it was from 1994 has a 93% rating on rotten tomato rotten
1: tomatoes
3: (laughs) um it was nominated for an academy award for best original screenplay
0: is it now and then No, that's a good way that
2: until you said the last thing, I was like the Lion King. (laughs) 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 That's a of rage, Tom. It is is. is. Mm, 1994,
0: 1994. Like how you were like nominated for best original screenplay, and I was like, had to be now and then. I have no (laughs) idea, now and then was nominated for an Oscar.
3: That is mine and Lex's birth year. Female leads. One is an Oscar winner. Not for that film? Not for this film. Okay.
0: The way that I
2: almost was like Thelma and Louise. (laughs) Wait, Thelma and
1: Louise, isn't it? No. (laughs) That would be a good one.
2: Yeah.
3: It's directed by a man who has gone on to direct one of the most successful franchises that holds the record for Oscar wins.
0: Terminator Two. No. <laughs> wait.
3: Uh,
0: four weddings and a funeral. No. About that, that year.
3: I don't even know. What, I think that's I think, that year. I
0: think that is that year.
3: I feel like that's ninety four.
0: Is Steve Martin in it?
3: No. <laughs> it doesn't take. It doesn't taste. Take wait. It take place in America.
0: Madeline. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a serious. Wait, question. is, is that would Peter have been Jackson have be... the
3: writer? Maybe. What? It's heavenly, bo- or not heavenly bodies, heavenly creatures.
1: Okay. Oh, that, that tracks. Wait, that's so <laughs> yeah. funny because that was just in the news because
3: of Melanie and Kate. Um, I chose this one because I think it has a really fascinating oh I I want to preface this by saying this movie ran so that close could walk um, because <laughs> I feel like there's many similarities but I think this film is just a really fascinating example or portrait of just like one female friendship which I think we've talked about on multiple podcasts how it's so rare that like you see two female friends on screen. And also having both of that, plus a mother-daughter mother relationships um, with both of them kind of in this, what it really like, I remember writing my Polite Society review and I feel like this one really hits the nail on the head with this idea of like when you're a teenager and like for this one, it's a love story. And like when you lose like your first love and like how it feels like it's the end of the world um and this one gets very very dark and it's kind of exploration of that with murder and conspiracies and all of this stuff and I think like the fantasy element of it of just like when you're young, you're in your own world and like what your first love looks like and also like their relationship of being like these two women that are so close and how like that was seen as taboo and like a mental illness with it and like also having that point of view of both like them of how they see the world and also how adults and how there's that notion of like oops, like um teenage girls are so stupid and the things that they care about are dumb. And I think this is such a beautiful, um, I don't know, it was just like a beautiful story about like all those things coming together and you see the sides from the adults and the children. Um, And I think Kate and Melanie give like such a beautiful performance together as this duo that makes it work so well um and I think like when I was first getting into film this is one of the films that I came across and I'm like very surprised that Peter Jackson was the director of it because of what I'd known him for like Lord of the Rings and seeing him be able to like portray like the feminine spirit so so accurately at that age and what that looks like um and I think I don't know, like I'm a fan of like when a genre film can like tap into such a simple idea like coming of age, like it doesn't really have to be traditional, very modern, like this one takes place in the 50s and just like welcomes in so many different ideas and the murder aspect is just really intense, which I like, Um, but like that one really comes to mind when I think of coming of age. I was trying to
1: rewatch this because of Melanie bringing up this movie and her and Kate's not falling out, but just how they're no longer in each other's lives. And I was like, I haven't seen this in so long. I was obsessed with this movie in middle school, like obsessed. Weird movie to fixate on. Good movie. Good movie. Love this pick.
0: Yeah, that's a great pick. Um, I believe there's only one person who has not shared their number two because I will not skip anybody. Um, Kenzie, do you have a coming of age pick that I have seen?
1: I think you've seen this, okay. Um, because it should have been nominated for Best Original Screenplay. She is a former winner of the best Original Screenplay category. Um, And I am talking about the cinematic classic that has been reclaimed. But I just want to say, I saw this movie maybe seven times in theaters. And I would brag saying I'm not seeing that stupid Avatar movie because I am seeing Jennifer's Body at the Plano um, Cinemark. That was the 75 Cent Theater because that was the only theater that was playing Jennifer's Body for so long. I. I feel like a lot of girls cling to Blair and Serena because they all think they are Blair and the friendship. They are the underseen one. They are not the star of their show, if you will. I think that Jennifer's Body explores this kind of friendship in the most amazing way. And also all the other kinds of things that teenage girls go through. Um, I think, first off, there are so many one-liners in this movie. like. It smells like sushi in here or, or Thai food in here. Have you guys been fucking? Or I was watching Aquamarine. I think she had sex with a blowhole or something. Or my favorite that I say every single day. You're just lime green jello. Iconic. Just truly so good. Um not exactly about cannibalism, but she does eat people. Um <laughs> But I love this movie so much and I think it like really explores um, girls figuring out that they aren't just like jealous of their friends but they have feelings for their friends that are like they're not really discussed. Especially like this movie came out in 2009 and like it wasn't as – there were multiple storylines on multiple teen shows about girls becoming lesbians because their friends thought it was hot. I think this movie actually really explores like – discovering your sexuality and like if you're bi or if you're gay and I think that's so important in teen movies especially teen movies that were marketed as <laughs> look how hot Megan Fox is and it was quite the opposite um there are a lot of things in the movie that haven't aged well Chris Pratt but everything else everything else has aged beautifully um Adam Brody being the satanic rapist is Quite cool. Not rapist, but like, you know, he sacrifices her. Um, Low Shoulders, one of my favorite fictional bands. Um, Through the Trees is an all-timer. It's a crime that people can't just stream it, that you have to buy it, but you should buy that. It's a great soundtrack. Um, But I love Amanda's performance as Needy. I think she's so great, and Megan Fox is obviously so incredible in this movie. It's not just that, like, she's funny. Like, the scene where she's being sacrificed is genuinely so good and hearing her in her interview from 2019 with um Karen Kusama where they talk about the movie and how it's been kind of reevaluated as way ahead of its time but like the way she talked about like she felt like the movie industry really sacrificed her for <laughs> what she said about Michael Bay and that every single person just did not care about her and let it happen to her. And um, I think it's a really interesting conversation. And I think that she's great in this movie. This movie's great. And this movie meant the world to me. I was a senior when it came out. I loved it. I thought it was so good. I I did not have to reclaim this movie. I was there. Day one. Literally, I saw this movie opening night at midnight. That's
0: amazing.
1: I
2: literally had wondered if you were going to talk about this movie i think it's one of the greatest movies ever made it is one of those movies that like anytime i see something about guy i immediately think of you so in in the best meaning of that as possible um so yeah thank you
1: i feel honored because it is so good
0: you're right you you finally did pick a movie i'd seen before you're uh, welcome yep no that movie's so good um I also forget Chris Pratt is in it. Um, and I can't say I've seen it like a ton of times, but um, I did. You re- remember her 9-11 shooters? Yeah. <laughs> with Chris Pratt? Why is he there? He's ruining the scene. I, the thing is though, is I feel like there was a time though where Chris Pratt, like, I don't know. Because like early Parks and Rec, Chris Pratt didn't bother me. It oh, really well see record. that's what i'm saying so he wasn't back in that day
1: time he wasn't a republican. He was a
0: republican would he have been cool with 9-11 shooters and she he wouldn't goes, have been cool oh, with 9-11 shooters human. he wouldn't be cool with the 9-11 shooters he wouldn't be cool with all this like homoerotic stuff that's going on in this movie he um no something about join us for my other episode, besides bad movies, where I talk about my personal conspiracy theories about how there was something about becoming, like, ripped that made Chris Pratt say I should be a Republican. Um, dude, do you know my theory I agree. About how every role Chris Pratt has played Jerry Trainer could have played? Let's think about Jerry. One of my Jr.
2: favorite of your theories.
0: <laughs> Let's think about Jerry <laughs> Trainer and Jennifer's body. Let's just think about it for a minute. Right, I've thought about Who it. Who is Jerry Trainor? Kenzie, we talk about this every time I bring him up. He's Spencer from my Carly. He's the original <clears throat> love of my life. Um that deal that you made me, um, where Netflix will where I can either have normal occurrences or stranger things. If Jerry Trainer can play Eddie, I'll I'll take Stranger Things. Okay. Yep. Now Jerry I- Trainor- I'm interested now. Yeah, no, I am too. I'm interested in seeing Jerry Trainer as Eddie Munson. That would be too much for me. That would Anyways, be something. This episode take it a weird frickin' turn. Um, you never know what's gonna happen when we record past Lex's bedtime. Um, okay, so everybody's gone for round two. Um, I'm not gonna go first.
3: I'm gonna Ooh. mix it up.
0: Wow, um, okay. I'm going to hand it over to Jillian first.
3: she doesn't like that so
0: exciting you sound so genuinely excited
3: (laughs) love coming of age it's my favorite genre um in typical me fashion i'm gonna pick a foreign film (laughs) that's my i knew it my number one my real number one because i went in the opposite order um this one is not your typical coming of age it is at a much older age of my age um and it is the 2021 hit film oscar nominated straight from norway the worst person in the world
1: that is such a good one
3: um, that is such a pick. good
1: one
3: i when i watched this i was in one of the worst states of my life like with everything i'm
1: so sorry
3: it's <laughs> okay. I made it. I'm here. Um it's all happening. Um uh I watched this and I was like, wow, I do I feel seen? Do I finally get it? And it was like I watched this like 10 times. I remember they sent me the screener and I was like, can you update it again? Can you refresh it so I can get like five more times? Um What I love about this one, so if you don't know, the premise is it's about this girl, Julie. She's in her 20s, she's in Norway. She's kind of like, she wants to be a doctor at first and then she decides she wants to be a therapist and then she cuts her hair and she makes all these changes. Like she doesn't really, she's not a committer. She's just trying all these things out. And I think this film is such a perfect like exploration on that time of your life where you're just trying to figure yourself out um at a later age, while also um I love the use of time in this and how it makes it because I think a lot of the time we feel like time is slipping away and time is like long and we see everyone around us like getting married or like having children or getting that job. And I think because of the way they pace this film out, it it's really impactful and it hits hard. Um, and then she ends up in a relationship with this guy that's 15 years older than her. And he is kind of more established. And just like she is trying to figure out what that thing is for her. And I think also just like this idea of like when you're an adult, like when do you actually become an adult? Is it buying a house? Is it like getting a job? Like it's like what is the actual marker of it? Um, and then in the movie, she becomes very comfortable with like not knowing who she is like there's this line that she says like I feel like I'm the supporting character in my life um which I think is just a very relatable sentence because I think you know we see people celebrating like major milestones and when that's not happening for us it's like you start to question yourself um and like there's this beautiful sequence of a film where everything slows down and she's able to go like kiss the guy that she actually wants to be with and it's like in that moment like that is what she wants and like time has slowed down for her to be able to obtain that um and like that means for her like the future is open for her um yeah I mean I think it's just like like I don't know because I think like this generation like we're told like we're meant for greatness and like all these things are going to happen to us and then you get to like the age of 22, like you graduate college and you're like, why hasn't this happened yet? And you start to like doubt and question yourself. And I think this film perfectly like puts that into a narrative of multiple chapters with a character that's very easy to follow. Um, and I don't know, I just really love this one, and it helped me a lot during that time. And like at the same time, I think that there was like two Taylor Swift songs that came out that like also like perfectly encapsulated like this idea of just feeling stuck in time without with everyone moving so fast around you
0: right where uh, you left me
3: yeah and nothing new and I think this yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I think
3: this thing is just like about like collections in your lifetime of like trying to reach your full potential but like not knowing exactly what that is and I think this film is just very poetic and it's messaging for that without being too preachy or like making you feel bad or I hate when like a coming of age film like they figure it out and then everything starts to work out and you're like when is that happening for me like that's not how it works and so I feel feel like this was very truthful to the experience
1: yeah I agree I, I love 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 this movie and I watched it um like I don't remember how long after Daisy was born but I was like oh fuck like it is so good she's so every single person actually is so perfectly casted I love this movie and i really really wish she renata had gotten a lead actress nomination
2: yeah i in many ways this movie and sort of the way that it approaches this and the way that it like functions as a coming-of-age movie reminds me a lot of Frances Ha, um and i think it addresses a lot of the same things and i think it's so important for you know people who are like a little bit more our age to have movies like this so that we don't feel alone or like we're so behind because we're experiencing those sort of emotions and still figuring things out um and it's nice to be able to like relate to a film that's about that and not be about like 17 year
0: olds great <laughs> <laughs> i actually think does that work for you lex run,
3: <laughs> so besides almost
0: famous would you i saw i've seen rushmore i've seen almost famous i was gonna i was gonna talk about it uh it's fine <laughs> um, rushmore almost famous run me your list again
3: heavenly creatures haven't seen it the worst person in the world
0: haven't seen that so i saw technically one but also technically two um from your list
3: <laughs> i tried to make a list for lex
0: I know that that's all you I know that's all you do is just relax (laughs) hashtag just relax um I will turn it over to Nicole okay
2: um I had a really difficult time picking my last one because as we said earlier coming of age movies are one of my favorites I especially sort of love the um intersection of coming of age films and period films um everyone please join me on my Titanic is a coming of age movie agenda. Um, but the one that I feel like I have to talk about um, is Pride and Prejudice because um, a realization that I had sort of recently because I've been listening to all of Jane Austen's books on audiobook is that almost all of her work is are actually coming of age stories because all of her heroines are sort of in – the like 16 to 21 range. Um, And a lot of them are about them sort of going out and like having experiences in the world and growing from them. And Pride and Prejudice like really encapsulates that because as much as Pride and Prejudice is about like, you know, Mr. Darcy is so proud and he has to like learn not to be a stuck up bitch. um, It's also about... Like Elizabeth Bennett learning to look past her first impressions of people and give people second chances, and that, you know, she's not always the best judge of character. And I think that, you know, one of those things that happens to a lot of us sort of in that coming of age is that there are people that we have in our lives that we think we really connect with and that, like, we come to trust and everything, like, Lizzie bennett does with Mister Wickham, and then we later find out that they've sort of been playing us. And I think that's an experience that a lot of people have, and and it's kind of a wild thought to to think that like people have been having that experience since the early eighteen hundreds, and obviously before as well. But I think that Pride and Prejudice is such a great story because it is still so universal, and again, it like offers a lot of different coming of age experiences because it is about a family of sisters and the Joe Wright 2005 adaptation of it is absolutely gorgeous. I don't know what it is about Joe Wright, but I think as like a male director, he is one of the few who really understands the female gaze and really understands how to like show a woman's inner life um without it it feeling male gazey at all. And I really love the fact that he put a lot of work into sort of making this family really feel like a family. And they're so well cast. Like, I love Jenna Malone in this movie, um, an underrated actress in general, but she's so good in this role. And I love Donald Sutherland in it. Like, I think he's so fun as Mr. Bennett. And obviously I love Karen Knightley and Rosamund Pike. Um, and Matthew McFadden is so good as Mr. Darcy. Like, we love him playing a brooding man. Um, but truly, I, I just think that it's it's such an interesting coming-of-age film in that it equally asks the sort of two romantic leads to sort of examine themselves and their own flaws to be able to be right for each other. Um, And I love that because too often I feel like in the sort of romance films, you see one person having to change. Um, And I think that it's really important that like as much as Mr. Darcy is kind of an asshole and has to like come out of that, that Lizzie Bennet also has a lot of flaws and she has to overcome some of them to sort of be able to move to the next stage of her life. You know, it's really funny to
1: bring this up the week of um, a major Succession episode. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying.
2: I, I am not a Succession girly. I have not watched, but
1: yeah, I do enjoy Succession a modern-day
0: Pride and Prejudice?
2: Succession is...
1: A um, modern-day King Lear. Yeah.
3: It's, I, it's basically Shakespeare.
1: It is. It really is.
3: <laughs> well... The more you know. Um, well, that leaves two
0: of us left in this square <laughs> down showdown because I make everything a competition. Um, Kenzie, I've seen one of your picks. Are you going to make it two?
1: No, because
0: I have, like, I have like seven listed. Do a seven for one. Do a no, seven for one? You can't do a seven for How one. How many of
2: those seven are cannibal films? I think three. Um,
1: okay but the thing is you mentioned jenna malone and um she's in one of mine hell yeah go for it girl and so is keanu reeves does anyone well, now know you have to does anyone know
0: wait hang on does it have mandy Moore in it too
1: no they're oh, okay. all three in a movie together
0: i, I was gonna <laughs> say i didn't think keanu reeves was in this movie um um <gasps> saved yes I, I love, saved. love saved. I
2: fucking love <laughs> saved.
0: Um, when Vandy Moore like throws that Bible at Jinnah Malone, and it's like, I have the Spirit of Christ in me. I'm it's, like, mm. it's it's so good.
1: it's so good. <laughs> Are you kidding? Um, no. So mine is uh, is there cannibalism? I mean, there's something a little worse um in it, um, but it is the neon demon. Because I was thinking about Jillian talking about Almost Famous and when you are like so excited to be in an industry and then it's the opposite of the way you feel and you have to really adjust your expectations, not just like of the life you thought you wanted, but the path you are now on. Like what does this do to your life in a way of what you will become? And I think it's a really interesting way to look at um, coming of age. Um, You know, this movie is not for everyone. And I understand the arguments that it is not good. But the thing is, it is amazing. I absolutely love it. It's obviously visually just so stunning. Like, even if you don't like it, you can't knock it there. Um, But I think that Elle Fanning gives such a great performance where you're truly like, what is she, what is going to happen to her? like her mind and her soul and um i i just uh absolutely love this movie and i love jenna malone because like lex brought up saved meant a lot to me but so did donnie darko donnie darko
0: is that a coming of age film yeah 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 it's a really good one (laughs) Mm, we might come back to that
1: um but i just think that like i don't know it's such a cool movie to explore like the underbelly of LA like it'd be a great um I know that everybody says that Babylon is clearly the other sister of La La Land but this would be a great double feature with La La Land like exceptional but I think it's a great look at like how once you get where you think you've been leading up to and it's not what you think it is like what do you do then and I think this movie really explores that in a
2: interesting way it's a very weird
1: thing to follow pride and prejudice i'm
2: very sorry listen jenna malone has one of the most varied filmographies that's um, why she's so good in the actress and i love her in all of them also because we're talking about jenna malone now i feel like i have to just shout out that one of the other things on my list was the whole hunger games franchise which is essentially one long coming of age story um in which jenna malone is also incredible um, because she can do all things. I've never this... seen any of them. Okay, I actually think, like, of all the franchise films other than John Wick, um, which we know that you love, I actually think you would probably appreciate The Hunger Games.
0: I make a confession. Yeah. Yes. I don't love The Hunger Games.
2: Well, never tell my sister that because she will block you on all forms of social
0: media. I don't. That like is so weird. Hannah. I
1: just, I just dialed Hannah in
0: i was gonna say uh, i just went she's in the waiting room Also, look at my beautiful lock screen
2: i love that for you
0: anyways hello hannah um (laughs) no i i've seen i like i don't know um they they are like the hunger games from the perspective of a coming of age film i think is 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 an interesting take and i i will accept it um because i'm the king They're essentially uh, a
2: coming of political like consciousness film for or like over the series for I one
3: feel like that's a different genre.
2: I think it's, that's part of coming of age though. Coming I mean, of politics.
3: That's yes, coming you into your age.
2: belief system. And here's
1: how House of Cards is a coming of age. Here's how Veep could be a coming of age. Wait, <laughs> my husband's rewatching Veep right now
3: should I come over (laughs) I'm (laughs) doing something should I show
1: up we just start eating these on the couch and I we're like talking about how hot Ken is oh my god like Kent is the ideal man can I make
3: this my lock screen yes I
0: love we're all killing it with a lock screen game you're about to really Um, kill it and you have no idea I'm so excited because you turned your phone around for a brief I second. And I was like, I'm liking what I'm seeing. One of um,
3: Alexander Skarsgård ho- holding a frozen half a liter of his blood.
1: <laughs> you know, that would actually be really easy to do. I
0: think we need um, it. Well, okay, wait. Nicole, Kenzie, your list was... Let's let's run through these lists again. What, Kenzie, I mean, what is, what's,
3: what's your last one?
0: Well, no, we're what running was? through these real, again real quick. Can see yours was raw. Got her first body in the Neon demons. I've seen one, Jillian. I forgot your list again. Rushmore and Almost Famous. I love Features. that, Jillian. Jillian's uh-huh. list
1: is always seven movies. The worst person in the world.
0: Okay, I've seen two. Um, Nicole, yours was
2: uh, Little Women uh-huh. and Frances Ha and prime prejudice
0: Prejudice. i've seen all three years nicole wins a full Um, set smackdown showdown ding 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 um (laughs) okay so then i will share my third one now what i was going to say was the breakfast club good one i do love the breakfast club um don't laugh at me jillian
3: i really (laughs) wanted to say an 80s movie too we could have been on the same wavelength
0: well, you could have also just taken Breakfast Club. I could have done
3: a three for one and said The Outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> you um, know what? I changed mine, The Breakfast Club.
0: No, sorry. Answers and St. Elmo's Fire. I do. St. <clears throat> Elmo's Fire is a really good one, too. St. Elmo's Fire has, like, one of my favorite songs written for a movie, and it was written by my sworn enemy.
3: I love them. Um, and St. Elmo's Fire, I love The Apartment. Mm-hmm. The one that they live in with the art. St.
0: Elmo's Fire is just one of those movies... Like most movies set in the 80s, where I'm like, I'm pissed off that I didn't live in the 80s. I would have been an aesthetic queen in the Not 80s. Not only
1: that, but like, I would have a house, guys. Yeah. Like, w- I would be freaking rich. In the Could 80s. I have had a credit card? No. But like, I would have had a house.
3: Yeah. Could I have had succession fan fiction? No but I would have had a house. You
1: no the thing is you would have it and you'd be retired reading you could write
0: succession fanfiction cuz you'd be retired in your house. You could keep your succession fanfiction in your trapper keepers. Um
3: I could have wrote succession. Yeah you could have.
0: Exactly. Watch out
3: Jesse Armstrong.
0: Um no but my actual now that we've like brought up Jenna Malone I'm going to um take a third pick and say Donnie Darko I love Donnie Darko um I do. I don't ask me what the ending means I still don't know it's so weird because I was listening to a um curated Spotify playlist this morning while I was working and um Notorious by Duran Duran came on and first of all that is one of my favorite scenes from an editing perspective how it keeps switching back from the dance recital to him setting the house on fire mm-hmm. a plus editing um sometimes i doubt your commitment to sparkle motion i think that still is my inst- has, is that still my instagram bio i think it, it is it is still Let's my instagram bio check. is yeah fact check fact my um instagram bio is still sometimes i doubt your commitment to sparkle motion one of the best slander deliveries in any movie for someone who like is hardly i can't has- confirm thank you jillian confirmed it <laughs> um my- i'm pretty sure that has been my um instagram bio since like 2014 yeah, uh, I
2: think it's been that the entire time I've known you.
0: Yeah. That I think I was like, that's a fun little line. And so then I made that my Instagram bio and never touched it again. Um the um performances in this movie are great. I love Jake Gyllenhaal's Hall's performance. I love Jenna Malone's performance in it. Um go what's that line she says? Where she's like, some people are just born with tragedy in their blood. I was like, I remember being like 18 and being like, oh, that's a line. That's... Um, the Also, it contains my favorite like multiverse of madness moment in any movie at all. And it is when um, Patrick Swayze comes to speak to the oh, yeah. school auditorium. And you have a young Ashley Tisdale get up. Wait, and my I friend t- tweeted t- this
1: yesterday.
0: Yes, yeah. Um, and A I week think ago
1: quote, yesterday.
0: I think I quoted, yeah, a week ago. And I think a week ago I quote tweeted it and mentioned that you get Ashley Sisdale, followed by Jerry Trainor, followed by uh Seth Rogen. It is the most insane, in retrospect, lineup of actors I've ever seen that you've got Jake Gyllenhaal, Patrick Spacey, Ashley Tistel, Jerry Trainer, and Seth Rogen. Like, one... One of those people went on to be in Marvel's in a Marvel franchise. One of those people went on to become a Disney Channel icon. One of those people went on to be a Nickelodeon icon. And then one of those became Seth Rogen. Um, One of those had an affair with Sammy Fableman's mom. Yeah, one of those was in the Fablemans. So, you know. One of them was in the Mario
3: movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. One of them
3: could have been in the Mario movie. One of them
0: could have been in the Mario movie. um it just I love Donnie Darko um it's so weird it's so and the thing about like overly abstract movies is they tend to annoy me because I'm like you're just being abstract for the sake of being abstract and I think a case could be made for Donnie Darko for that but also it's just so well written um and also the best use of Tears for Fears is Head Over Heels which is one of my all-time favorite songs. Um, I'm a big Tears for Fears girly. That whole album, Songs from the Big Chair. Um, And so, yeah, Donnie Darko is a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, So I actually think I've won the Smackdown showdown because I had three wonderful films. Um, (laughs) Because you've seen
2: all of your choices.
0: (laughs) I have actually seen all of my choices. So I went. Um, But this has been really fun um before we sign off we are going to continue this new trend because I like it where we're all going to briefly go around in a circle and say what grinds our gears I will go first yeah can you go first
1: the where is the Lucas Matson fanfic <laughs> okay no I won't steal Jillian's my real one it's that okay. I will say take it
0: <laughs>
1: I'm gifting it to you thank you thank you that's you what going grinds to my get gears? me almost
0: famous at AO3writers.
2: Get on it. Not even AO3. Like, just anyone. Anyone. <laughs> anyone. You I'm trying to give you y'all a classy home for it. Listen. I, I, a a good
0: you know fan fiction. I love a
3: Wattpad fanfiction. I, I love a
0: good fanfiction that's written via Twitter thread. Like, it's <laughs> concise. It gets to the point. I've read many Eddie Munson fanfiction via just Twitter thread.
3: I was going to name names, but I'm not going to name names. <laughs> Of
0: what your fan fictions?
3: No, no, some Twitter users that we know that have unlimited characters that could be writing them for Mm. us.
0: Listen, do I have a
1: burner? No, I don't want his. I don't want his thoughts on Lucas Matson. Also, I just want to say for the record, I don't want um, like gay Roman and lucas fanfic that's not what i'm interested last in.
3: night solidified that there should be none because they're at odds
1: that's the best kind of relationship you
0: No, know, see yeah i was gonna say that only like adds the spiciness i don't want it i um i'm not saying that i have a twitter burner account that's solely meant for following any months in fanfiction accounts but I'm not not saying on
3: Twitter like are people doing that
0: people will make like little Twitter threads that'll be like POV it's five years after the bats attack and Eddie does this and I'm like
3: wait wait. Me. I love when it's like on TikTok when people do like the video ones yeah
0: that was my what grinds my gears last week was when I'm 15 videos in of the TikTok fan fiction videos and Eddie calls YN princess that was what grinded my gears last week
3: then the Nicki Minaj Tom Holland ones those are great
0: <laughs> um Jillian what
3: grinds your gears what's grinding my gears is that what? people are writing fantastic fan fictions for shameless and succession and some other shows I watch and they're not updating them I have to wait years like all those I was I was reading I
1: had, a, a fanfic that was updated the last time it was updated was in 2014 and they updated it yesterday and I was fucking shook because I had just discovered it for the first time but there were thousands of comments like you're back you're back (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, why does this
3: never happen to the ones I read? Those are my favorite when they're, everyone and I went comments. It's like, so sorry, guys, I had some illness <laughs> for the last seven years. Okay,
2: um, no, the best thing is whenever it's like, sorry, guys, I had cancer and then okay. my house burnt down and then my dog ran away. What is one of them? My 15 children died, but so I'm back.
3: <laughs> on wait, Tumblr, wait. there's this girl that writes really good. um I'm not a Batman girl, but she writes really good Bruce Wayne fanfiction. <laughs> Wait, like,
1: Bat- like Robert Pattinson? The way that like Kinsey just, just any up.
3: <laughs> any, I think it's like, it, when I first found it, it was when I was trying to find Ben Affleck fanfiction, but it doesn't exist. So I had to settle for Bruce Wayne fanfiction. And her thing was, she's from France. Her thing was, sorry guys, I'm driving around in my van. <laughs> and they left <laughs> <up.
0: laughs> off. So, what? So yeah, I that's
1: like okay. the that's like those Stan accounts, those Twitter ones, where she was like, "Sorry, guys, I wasn't updating. I was thrown in jail for protesting." <laughs> yeah. Lady so, Gaga
3: fans, uh, we've been so doing anyway. It. My grind that I'm gearing, my gear, my gear that I'm grinding is that. Not- <laughs> we need to update them i'm sorry if you have a burnout i need to know what Are happens you? next i'm memorizing I'm memorizing the episodes of these tv series and writing myself into them but i need a story also there's a lack of it's always sunny fan fiction and i feel like there's a lot of material there to go so that's my
0: i really didn't theory. know that jillian had so many thoughts on fan fiction. <laughs> um this has been wonderful to learn all this uh, Nicole what grinds your gears The existence of Clint Eastwood
3: But he's going to be done he's <laughs> Yeah
2: but you see I am currently about 10 minutes into one of his movies <laughs> And um, For cool. something coming later To Oscar Central um, And remembering all over Again how much I hate him So Not even Bridges of Madison County Can redeem him in my book um yeah let's get ready for that.
0: I can't say what first came to mind when I thought what grinds my gears. I really can't. Um I may share it in the chat. I might not. Um <laughs> what grinds my gears is when um when I'm reading a good Steve and Eddie fanfic, a.k.a. fic <laughs> and Eddie calls Steve princess. That was your grind my
1: years last time.
0: I like that years were all
2: fanfic-related, and I was like Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> Are our just our frustrations
0: find the fanfiction community? When They're going to come for us. When I find a well-written Eddie Munson yeah. fanfiction, because I hold my Eddie Munson fanfiction to incredibly high standards, I literally you... picture that I'm holding a plate of spaghetti and I'm just like, num, 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 num. Like, I am just eating that up. Okay, but, but can I interrupt you? Yeah.
1: I texted you a wallpaper. Let me see it. Um, Oh, my God.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, my God.
0: You should have no more <laughs> grindings of the gears. I can't my grinds can my gears can never beat ground (laughs) this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life um if you're listening Kenzie just texted me wallpaper she has been working on with like the utmost level of concentration I kept looking at her over the course of this recording and she looked so it looked like I was watching Picasso at work (laughs) is this not Oh, no, this is better than anything. Mikasa you know, and- you know, Adam Scott being like, could of depressed. person, do this? <laughs> And it is Jerry Trainer, Joseph Quinn and Pedro Pascal all holding cans of Olipop. Not thinking- just any Olipop. A great Olipop. Well, I'm immediately printing this out. I'm immediately hanging it on my wall. I'm making it my background. She's actually gonna
2: wallpaper her room. Yeah,
0: I, I am. Um, I'm gonna text my roommate and say say goodbye to our security deposit. Um <laughs> this is amazing. Um yeah, my gr- my gears can never be ground again because I just witnessed the most beautiful piece of art. You know what actually grinds my gears?
1: That um men are still weeks later replying to me that I did not understand, but was afraid. Let me tell you. There's a thing to not understand. It's very like It's just on the surface. Um, And I understand that men think it's very deep. But like maybe just call your fucking mom. I don't know what to tell you. Like I understood the movie. There's nothing to not understand. And um, stop replying to a tweet from like fucking four weeks ago.
3: What grinds my gears is when people make incestuous succession fan fiction.
1: Almost all of the fanfic is incestuous. And I'm like y'all
3: are you not watching the episodes
1: well okay and this is exactly the same thing that you brought up last time like roman's kink is literally that he cannot touch people
3: he's not touching us
1: he's not touching anyone (laughs) i did read a good lucas fanfic that like it was like roman's girlfriend and her oh that one is so good that one's good (laughs) (laughs) So hard. <laughs> this wait, is why people um, come to oscar central like I go
3: it's,
1: i don't to, know to uh like if you have mommy issues go somewhere else i don't
3: think office. it's the same account but there's like another one and today they did like the out not safe for work alphabet for lucas madsen and i was like why are these so accurate and i Maybe. need full cool fan fictions about each individual letter
1: wait send it to me it's so good.
3: <laughs> well, and I are fucking losing
1: our mind about Alexander Skarsgård fanfic and I don't think Lex or Nicole have really watched him in anything. I've They're seen so
0: him so in Big Little Lies. I've that seen him happen.
1: a few things. He's, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Kinsey Jillian actor. He's a fucking freak. He lets his freak flag <laughs> fly. Oh, you guys have seen him yeah. in
0: Zoolander. Oh, I yeah. have not seen Zoolander. You've never seen Zoolander?
3: Can we never. do an episode on movies Lex and Nicole haven't seen?
0: Wait,
1: okay, but then they would give us movies that we haven't yeah. seen. Hey <laughs> everybody, <laughs> we're gonna
3: watch Zootopia. Okay, <laughs> we, <assign, laughs> we, we assign each other three movies. Hey everybody, that... we're gonna
0: watch the TV or the Wait, TV paper movie. I go to Japan. What would Jillian's <laughs> movies be? some foreign films that i'm gonna fall asleep what a- <laughs> wow wow Lexus. this is what happens when she's
1: up
3: master of <laughs> <in laughs> disguise
0: so much love
3: master of disguise <laughs> um Lex- friend roger rabbit this 1980 soviet film that's the number one film one letterboxd right you now. really
0: had me until you said 1980 soviet <laughs> film
3: but it's really good um <laughs> we- under the skin
1: under the skin we should um Jillian and I are going to have a series on Jonathan Blazer because Under the Skin so good. Birth is a fucking just it's so good. It's also Nicole Kidman's best wig please listen okay. What an award I have ranked her wigs and that's my favorite wig you can't tell me it's there's no there's no beating it. Also it originated Nicole Kidman watching something in a theater not the AMC ad you're welcome. Say thank you to Jonathan Glazer. But I'm, I, I, am Lex would watch um Under the Skin and then not speak to us for like two days.
3: Nicole Lex would watch Who Framed Roger Who Rabbit. It.
0: I love Who Framed Roger
3: Rabbit. What's the time of our life. Someone asked me, they're like, "What are your favorite four films?" And I go, "Under the Skin, Solaris." I forget what my number three is oh girl with the dragon tattoo who framed roger Roger <laughs> that's,
0: that's, that's a great movie not the
3: soderbergh solaris not that one the original
1: i just wanted to clarify for our that's
3: listeners i would never say the <laughs> if Soderbergh. You're I would <laughs> if you're listening i'd be embarrassed if you're listening i would rather say i enjoyed master of disguise than steven soderbergh solaris
0: um i'm going to propose this
1: that everyone watches The Neon Demon. What was my other yes. ones? Raw and Jennifer's Body in a row? Yes. That sounds like a good fucking time. They can the Kinsey Vanunu new Film Festival. That um, would kill my husband. We can make shirts. We can
0: would make say this. Let's I will call on everyone. Wait, can
1: Blanche can. come?
0: <laughs> Wait. It's <laughs> Blanche or
3: Wait, I think what that's my favorite coming-of-age film. <laughs> I'm done. I, I take my floor back.
0: I, here. I'm going to call on everyone to say where they can be found on the internet. And then you say where you can be found on the internet. But then you also say, you also assign one, parenthesis, one movie. to one, parenthesis, one person on this podcast.
3: Okay. Okay. okay
0: you watch this okay um Jillian where can people find you and what hey, movie I'm not you ready sending? I'm not ready okay not fine ready. um Nicole where can people find you and what movie are you sending to who
2: oh god okay so you can find me um uh, on Twitter Instagram and Letterboxd at Nicole Ackman 16 you can find me on TikTok at Nicole Britney, 16 And what movie am I assigning into who? I if I wanted to be mean, I would assign Lex like a war film, but I don't want to be mean. Oh, will this um, podcast
0: right now. Yeah, I'll probably Report it anytime.
2: I'm I'm seeing Lex soon and I don't want her to like kill me when we're together in person um okay stay tuned hold on give me one second i'm going to my letterbox to be like what are movies because you asked me that and gave me no time to prep and now i don't know what movies are um i also if i want to be mean have a lot of bad films i could assign to people um here we that. go here we go because okay because kenzie is currently in her franchise movie era yeah, with... why? Yeah, with John McFour, you are. Um, I am going to assign Kenzie to watch Captain America, the Winter Soldier, but, or I'm going to give you two choices, actually. This is not a two, this no, is a one. You can four only one. say one. No, well, I'm breaking that. Or you can yeah. watch The Last Jedi because it has shirtless Adam Driver. <sighs> but we should watch it over Skype together. What if? Ah, where am I
3: going to watch
1: <laughs> one
2: of these
3: on Disney Plus? Uh,
1: I don't have yeah, Disney, Disney Plus.
3: We can boot. We can do a watch party on Disney Plus.
0: Oh, true. Oh my you God! Can't give anyone any more choices? It's past my bedtime.
2: No, my oh my God, was what Kenzie just sent us. Um. Blanche. oh my computer has said no blanche for you um it gets <laughs> you, scarier going every time i see it
0: of this choice and no more choices uh where can people find you on the internet and what movie are you signing to who did you say my name
1: i'm so I stressed did. about a marvel or a star wars movie <laughs> if i've never seen any of them does it make sense go for marvel if you've never seen any of them Is Natalie Portman in the Adam Driver Star Wars? Movie? No, no, no. I just no. pissed everyone off. My God. you! Uh, <laughs> so you can find me at Kinsvenunu on everything except Letterboxd. I am Kin'S Doyle on Letterboxd. Um, and I will have to get back at Nicole for making me watch a franchise film.
2: I see, I knew that was gonna happen.
1: And I I did watch don't... John Wick for you. So, but John Wick is good but John Wick and you watch every other franchise so it wasn't like a big stretch I don't, um, I don't watch action movies very often is Captain America not there's a, an there's, action movie
0: there's some action in, in the Captain America Warner or so. is,
1: there's, quite,
3: there's quite some history
0: when he's steaming down that
1: street and I've seen um, that clip of Florence Pugh pretending to have a Russian accent where she's like cgi'd off of that that's seems black widow like though that wasn't that's, that's, that's action
3: that's that's action that's action um
1: what should i pick i have so many um hmm. i'm gonna go with no that's actually scary i will go with um you know, I'll go with my trusted because I don't think you've seen it. Okay. I will go with the 2018 Cisteria. Okay. Okay. It's on Amazon. Okay. It's not scary. Okay.
0: I,
2: I believe you. I'm going to take your word on that.
0: Jillian, awesome. where can people find you and what movie are you sending to who? Um,
3: You can find me at Jillian Chili on Twitter. On Twitter on twitter <laughs> and letterboxed um, and you can find me on tiktok at offscreen with Jillian. um and i guess i will sign a film
0: <laughs> i was going to sign you a film so great
3: um i have a ugh, i have a list but i don't know which one to give you i i don't know if i want to give you a film from the 30s or a film from 2010s can I have the 30s? Give 30? her
1: give her Siberian.
3: <laughs> Wait, I kind of so have the Soviet cell. So. <laughs> I either want to give you the skin I live in or the 1985 hit come and see, or I want to give you Mr. Smith Goes to Washington.
0: I've it's seen like, Mr. Smith Goes to
3: Washington. Okay. Mr. Smith so, Goes to
1: Washington seems Lex Core. No, I, I, I love
3: Jimmy Stewart. I think you should watch The Skin I Live In by I do too. Kendall. Okay. I'll and then the next one I'm giving you is the Soviet one.
0: I love that she gave you two. I said you could only do
3: one. I'm giving you the skin I live in. I said next time it'll be- if we do this again, the Soviet film. Um, actually, you can actually, find- actually, can you watch Can you watch Solaris, the 1970 version?
0: Yeah, fine. Yes. I'll watch Solaris, the 1970s version. Have you seen it? No.
3: Okay, you're going to be amazed.
0: Is it really scary?
3: No. You're going to. It and you're gonna realize how every science fiction film in space we've gotten since then is a ripoff of Solaris. True, okay.
0: Well, now I want to
3: be able to watch a sci fi film again.
0: No, <laughs> I want to watch it. Um, Whatever. you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Lex W I L L I underscore on TikTok at, at Moonshoes Lexi. Um, and Jillian, have you ever seen Spree?
3: Yes, damn it. What um,
0: what a film. You've seen. I've heard. Geppetto. Yeah, Jillian. I'm assigning. I'm assigning you yeah. Geppetto. You've <laughs> seen it. No, you haven't. I've Last Nature all, is healing. I've seen
3: all the Lex Pilled films because she recommends them every day.
0: No, Jillian. I know you've not seen Geppetto. I know you I have. have. Really? She's gonna actually going to need like a, a at least three paragraph essay She's on it. One of you your watching. legendary TikToks on Geppetto, and then I'll believe you. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Pedro um, Pascal is at a screening. Oh my god. I wanna be at that screening. It literally could be for a 1980 Soviet film. And I, I would... just
1: I realized <laughs> it was a circle tweet and I don't wanna. Oh.
0: I don't but, wanna don't wanna.
3: Oh, well, my friend's at that. And they told me they told me that they're not doing any screenings. And I said and I just sent them an email and I said, excuse me. <laughs>
1: But this person is saying that, like, every celebrity you can imagine is at the screening. So that's probably why.
3: It's not, a, it's not an acronym of a company.
0: Mm. Well, on that note, um, thank you for joining us on this very special episode of the Oscar Central Podcast. Be sure to rate and review if you so choose. Um, join us. Next and time if to- you do,
1: if you do leave a review and you got this far, comment Blanche and your favorite olipop flavor, and I will buy it for you
3: if you got this
0: far. Comment Blanche and your favorite olipop flavor, and we'll send you a treat.
3: Link your favorite fanfiction you've ever read.
0: Yes. Yeah. That too. <laughs> um, unless it's gay Roman or incestual Roman, I don't want We like don't that. want it. Or unless it's Eddie Munson calling anyone princess. Um,
3: <laughs> If it's 2012 <laughs> Avengers living in the tower era fanfiction, we don't want it.
0: I do. Yes. <laughs> eat them up. Eat them up. Okay. Um. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, have a good one.